this edition of Emerging Daily. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Who are we trying to please? Are we trying to please our neighbors? Are we trying to please our parents? Are we trying to please our boss? Who should we be trying to please? He is in your life right now moving things and, and causing circumstances and allowing circumstances. He's preparing things in your life for you to be who He has put you on this earth to be. He is. He is in your life. And if you'll look and if you'll open your eyes, you'll see His hand moving. You'll see how He has moved in the past. And you'll see how He's directing you into the future. If you will get in line with what God has for you this day, that is paradise. That is heaven on earth. The most important reason that He took your spirit and breathed on it and caused it to be renewed and to be regenerated and to be reborn was so that He could have somebody like Himself on this earth. So that He could birth His very own nature, His very own spirit in you. So that you could be like Him. Tradition has told us that we can't. Tradition has said that you will never be like Jesus until you get to heaven tomorrow. Or it said you've got to follow these rules and these regulations that were laid down these so many years ago, yesterday. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you will believe that He is and that He is living in you, that you can hear His voice within your heart, and that He can direct your paths in the way that you should go, you can be like Him in this life. You can be like Him in this time. This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Hey, I want to welcome you to this edition of Emerging Daily. I am Scott Fisher, and we just thank you for listening to our podcast. And I hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you and it continues to be a blessing to you. And if it is, please tell your friends, your coworkers, your family, anybody that you can. Uh, share it on Facebook. Share it uh, on Twitter. Let people know about this podcast. It's available on just about every podcasting platform. Uh, you can get it on Apple Podcasts. You can get it on uh, Spotify. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on Google Podcasts. And, of course, you can always go to our website, EmergingDaily.com, and also access the podcast in case you've missed any of the uh, previous podcasts. You can always go there or, of course, on your favorite platform. But let people know about it, please. Um, one thing I do want to tell you, we have a new line of fashion wear uh, t-shirts, hoodies, and things like that that have Just Love on it. And it has our little emerging emblem on it also. It would be a blessing to us if, if you need a t-shirt or just want to have a t-shirt or a hoodie or anything like that, buy one. And it will be a blessing to us and hopefully it will be a blessing to you and 
people you encounter. It just it says just love. You can find it on our Facebook page, and you can also find it on our website, the link how you can purchase those. We priced them at a very economical range, and the quality of the shirts and hoodies and things are very good quality. They're ring spun cotton, very soft, very good quality material, and. The proceeds from the profit for it will go to the ministry. It'll go to helping us secure places where we can begin having teaching and worship times. and also go to help with uh, the cost for maintaining the website, any software that we need for the podcast, the background music, things like that. Anything like that, it goes to help with the ministry. And then eventually we do plan to start some outreaches. You'll find some of that information on our website, but we'll be adding some more to that on there. So pray about that. Think about it. You know, those are the design is pretty simple, but it's effective. It says just love. So again, go to our Facebook page or our website, either one, and it'll have a link where you can um, purchase those. And we would really appreciate it. So in this message today, I am sharing a message with you that I spoke several years ago at a church in Lebanon, Tennessee called Big Springs Baptist Church. The message is God is a rewarder. And it talks about how God is wanting to move in our life in such a way that we are not only rewarded with things that of this world, but we're rewarded with His presence. We're rewarded with His character. We are rewarded with His very nature because God wants us to be like Him. And it's possible for us to be like Him as we look to Him in that faith, in that understanding that God is in us and He's wanting to work through us, to work around us, to work as us. So I hope this is a blessing to you, and um, you know, as I've said before, there may be some things in the message that I speak that possibly my understanding and belief may have changed a little bit since then, may have progressed somewhat, but I, I believe that the essence of the message will, will really be effective if you'll hear it and, and allow it to, to work in you. So I hope this message is a blessing to you, and we'll get into it right after this. Do you like to shop online for either yourself or for gifts for others? Do you like the convenience of shopping online, but also like to help support local shops and retailers? What if you could do both? Check out BellsGiftsAndMore.com. Bell's Gifts and More is locally owned and operated, based just outside of Nashville in Lebanon, Tennessee. They have men's and women's clothing fashions and accessories, wallets, handbags, watches, jewelry, books, media, home and office items, electronics, and more, all at great prices. And they add new items to their inventory almost every day. So go to bellsgiftsandmore.com and use promo code EMERGE when you check out to get an additional 10% off your purchase, excluding sellout. That's bellsgiftsandmore.com. You know, when you're a pastor of a church, it's easy to figure out, well, it's not easy, that's the wrong word, it's easier to figure out where the people are spiritually and, and to try to see the Lord's heart for those people. But when you're coming in as a guest speaker or whatever, it's hard to find where the people are, it's hard to locate them. And so I've, I've spent the last few days spending time with the Lord and trying to locate y'all. You know, find out where your heart is and what the Lord would have me to say to you. I don't come here to speak my words. I don't come here to share with you what's on my heart. I don't come here to share with you just something that I've conjured up in my mind. God's called me to speak as a messenger for Him. 
That's what anybody who's called to the ministry is called to do. Not just to take 30 minutes on Saturday night and, and pick out a few scriptures and, and come up with a message. But it's to, it's to give you what the Lord would have for you this morning. And so I still didn't know where I was going to be going today. Um, I didn't know what the message was that the Lord was going to have me share. Some things were in me. You know, I, I'll study the Word and, and some things will jump out at me. But that happens all the time. But that doesn't mean that it's necessarily for you. And so I was sitting there, and usually I love to sing. I love to praise the Lord and, and things, but I just felt like I just needed to listen. So I didn't mean to offend anybody if I, because I didn't sing the hymns with you this morning, but I was just trying to hear the Lord. And uh, when he sang that special, it sort of gave me a direction. So Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to look at verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let me read it one more time. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you would, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just ask you to make your word alive to us this morning. Father God, we ask that your spirit just move freely in this place today. That you would move in our hearts and in our minds. That our minds would be renewed and transformed by the word of God this morning. And that we would leave here changed, Father. And we will know we've been in your presence and that we've heard your spirit speak to us. God, just anoint me, anoint my mind and my lips that I'll speak as you would have me to in the name of Jesus. And we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith in what? Faith in what? And who are we trying to please? Who are we trying to please? Are we trying to please our neighbor? Are we trying to please our parents? Are we trying to please our boss? Who should we be trying to please? Y'all talk this morning. Y'all are just sitting there looking at me like I'm crazy. Or some of you aren't even looking. I wonder if you fell asleep already. Who are we trying to please? Anybody? God. Who is God to you? Who is He to you this morning? Is He your Father? If He is, you should be trying to please Him. How do you do that? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And then He explains what that means. He says, He that comes to God must believe that He is. Now let's just stop right there. He that comes to God must believe that He is. Now, you can take a poll all over this country and ask, do you believe there is a God? And chances are probably about 75% will say yes, roughly. They'll say, yeah, I believe there's a God. That's not what this is talking about. Not that there is a God. Not that just, there's just simply a God somewhere that rules. But that He is. That He is in your life right now moving things and, and causing circumstances and allowing circumstances. He's preparing things in your life for you to be who He has put you on this earth to be. He is. He is in your life. And if you'll look and if you'll open your eyes, you'll see His hand moving. You'll see how He has moved in the past. And you will see how He's directing you into the future. He is. How many of you know that He is this morning? Jesus was crucified between two thieves. Yesterday and tomorrow. Jesus said, what did He say? He said, this day you will be with Me in paradise. This day you will be with Me. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. This day. Of course, most people think, well, he was talking about heaven, and I'm sure he was to some point. But if you will get in line with what God has for you this day, that is paradise. That is heaven on earth. 
Jesus prayed, and, and a lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer. It should be more specifically termed the disciples' prayer. But he said that we should pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. I want to share something with you that may strike you as odd, but God didn't save you just merely so that you could go to heaven. That wasn't the point of it. He could have done that another way. And if that was merely the reason that he saved you, why didn't he go ahead and take you home right then? That's not the reason. And he didn't merely save you just so that you could bring somebody else to church and that they could get saved. That's not the only reason. That's important, but it's not the only reason. It's not the most important reason. The most important reason that he took your spirit and breathed on it and caused it to be renewed and to be regenerated and to be reborn was so that he could have somebody like himself on this earth. So that he could birth his very own nature, his very own spirit in you. So that you could be like him. That's why. That's why you're here. That's why you're not dead. That's your calling to be like Jesus. And tradition has told us that we can't. Tradition has said that you will never be like Jesus until you get to heaven tomorrow. Or it said you've got to follow these rules and these regulations that were laid down these so many years ago, yesterday. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you will believe that He is and that He is living in you, that you can hear His voice within your heart, and that He can direct your paths in the way that you should go, you can be like Him in this life. You can be like Him in this time. We're told that we are to reign in life. Reign in life. Not in death. Reign in life. How do you reign? How does a king reign? He takes control. What are we reigning? If we're to reign in life, what are we reigning? This right here. This flesh and blood and bone body. We need to take control of it. How many of you have control over your body? You know, we think we do sometimes until something tempts us. And then we're drawn away of our lusts and then we enter into sin, James said. But we are to reign in life. Jesus reigned when He was on this earth. You have to believe that He is. And that He is in you. And that He that is in you is greater than He that's in the world. But if you don't believe He is, if you don't believe He's powerful... See, God's power wasn't done away when this book right here was completed. God lives. God is. And He is in you waiting for you to unleash Him on this earth. Waiting for the power that He has stored up in you to come forth as you believe in Him. As you walk in His ways. As you speak forth His Word with confidence. With boldness. Knowing that He is. Hold your place right there. And look in the last part of chapter 10. Verse 35. Now some of you may be here this morning and think, well now I believed God would, would move in this way and, and do something and it didn't happen and so I just gave up and you know said what's the point? Look at verse 35. It says, Cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise. 
For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. How many of you have ever drawn back? You believed, you put your faith out there on the line, you believed for something, and it didn't happen the way you thought it would or when you thought it would. You drew back and you thought, well, it's not going to happen. How long do we believe? When, is the, when do you quit believing? How long do you believe? What's the point that you say, okay, God's not going to do it, let me try to do it my way. When do you stop? Where's the point? Five minutes, ten minutes, two days, three days? One year or two? How long? Don't cast away your confidence. For yet a little while, verse 37 says, He will come and will not tarry. And that's not just talking about His coming in the clouds. That's talking about His coming in your situation, in your circumstance. He will come. Why? Because He is already here. He is. He is. Jesus said... It's expedient for me that I it's expedient for you that I go away because if I do not go away the comforter will not come. Look over there if you will, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Now, I want you to look down at verse 16. Now he says this, John 14:16, he says, "And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter." That word another means one of the same kind, just like me. Another of the same kind. You know, you can have you can have two dogs. One of them can be a collie and one of them can be a bulldog. He's talking about, I'm going to send you one just like me. He's going to be just like me. He's not just going to be a dog. He's going to be a bulldog just like me. The very same things I would do if I were here, he will do when he's here. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be in you. Now listen to verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. What does He say? I will come to you. Now in the previous verse He said, I'm going to send the Spirit. But now He says, I will come to you. Yet a little while the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in the Father and you in me and what? I in you. I in you. Christ is in you. Now, the word Christ means the anointing or the anointed one from the Greek word Christos. Look, if you will, over at Colossians. Well, before you get to Colossians, stop by for a minute in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. How many of you believe would, and would agree with me this morning that Paul was probably one of the greatest preachers of all time? He was a great one. I just wish we had some CDs and tapes back then where we could have recorded them and heard some of them. But he was an awesome man of God. And he says here in chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse 7, he says, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. The fellowship of the mystery. Paul talks a lot about the mystery. We're going to see in a minute what that mystery is. But he says, to make all, and that word men was put in there by the King James, it says to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. 
which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Christ Jesus to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church. Now to put that another way, he's saying through and by the church I'm going to make known unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places the wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, listen to this, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Now what did we read in Hebrews? Without faith it's impossible to please Him, for he that comes to God must what? Believe that He is. We have confidence. We have boldness and access with confidence. Boldness and access with confidence. Confidence and boldness means this. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to wonder if I can come to God and ask Him something. Just like the song. I don't have to wonder. I know. I know. We have access. We have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Now, look at verse 14. He says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, he's not talking to lost people here. He's talking to the church. He's talking to you and he's talking to me. He's not talking to some Joe Blow out on the street. This is Paul ministering to his people, to the church. The people that God gave him to speak to, to share with, to bring up in the Lord. And he's saying, I wish that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith. So what's he talking about? I hope you're being blessed by the podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a moment and just remind you to please check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to EmergingDaily.com, either one. You can find out more information about our ministry, about some things that we're wanting to do, and how we're wanting to make an impact in the Middle Tennessee area and in the world. And also, while you're there, check out the link that's there about our new line of T-shirts, hoodies and things like that we have several different shirts that are available they say just love and then it has our emerge nashville emblem on it if you would consider purchasing any of those it would be a blessing to us and i think it would be a blessing to you and to those you encounter because when they see that message on there it says just love maybe hopefully it'll make them think and be aware of the fact that hey we need to be walking in love towards one another But anyway, we'll get back to the message here shortly, but I just wanted to encourage you to check those out. And also, please let your friends and family and and co-workers and people know about the podcast. It's available on all, pretty much all the podcast platforms and apps. And of course, it's available on our website. And also, check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash emergingdaily. And like our page, if you would, and share it. We would really appreciate it. And we'll get back to the message here shortly. 
If you like good old country cooking, then you're going to love Bell's Little Country Kitchen, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon, right in the heart of Middle Tennessee. Bell's Little Country Kitchen is family-owned and operated, and is Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. They have a terrific breakfast and lunch menu, as well as awesome specials throughout the week, like the Friday night, all you care to eat catfish dinner and fixings, and their Saturday morning breakfast bar. And now, they've teamed up with We Deliver to bring their super southern food right to your home or office. You can find out more by going to their website, bellslebanon.com, where you can see their menu and specials, and even order delivery. That's bellslebanon.com, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon. You're going to love Bell's Little Country Kitchen, Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. This is Paul ministering to his people, to the church. The people that God gave him to speak to, to share with, to bring up in the Lord. And he's saying, I wish that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith. So what's he talking about? That word dwell is a present perfect tense. That means it's, it's now and it continues. It's not just a one-time thing. It's a continuous dwelling that Christ would continue to dwell in your hearts by faith. What's he saying? That he would not only be there, but live. How many of you ever had anybody to stay in your house with you for a little while? Peter Lord, have any of you ever heard of him? He's a pastor in Florida, First Baptist Church, Lakeland, Florida, or something like that. He said this one time. He said, uh, you know, my mother-in-law came to live with us back about two or three years ago, but I didn't receive her until just a little while ago. She was living there, but she didn't dwell in our house. I don't know if you can understand. There's a difference between somebody just being in your house and really making it their home. Is Christ at home in you? Does He dwell there? Is He alive in you this morning? Or is He just sitting there in some little cubby hole that you've stuck Him in? Where is Christ in your life? Is He dwelling? Is He alive in you? Is He living through you? Or is He just stuck off in a corner somewhere that you've said, God, I'll give you this, but you can't have this other. You can live in this room, God, but don't bother coming in this room. This room over here is off limits to you. Where is He in your life? Is He dwelling in your hearts and in lives by faith? Now, look over in Colossians as we were heading there. Chapter 1. Colossians 1, verse 25. Colossians 1, 25. It says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the Word of God or to fully preach the Word, as the margin says. Even the mystery which has been hid from the ages. Remember, we just read something about a mystery. The mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to His saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? What is the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. That's the mystery. The mystery of the ages is that God would come to live inside of little old you and little old me and take up residence and begin to live His life in and through you. And that not only will you go to heaven, but you'll bring heaven to earth. That His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you believe that when Jesus prays, the Father hears His prayer? 
Well, we say that. We say we believe that, but do we live like we do? Do we really believe that when Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that that's really going to happen? Do we believe that God can change not only our lives, but the lives of our family, the lives of our city, the lives of our state, the lives of our nation, the lives that He could change the world? Do we believe that? Do we live like we believe it? That word believe comes from two words in the English, to be and to live. In other words, not only is it there, but it's living. To be living in that. Do we believe that? Do we really believe it? I really don't think we do. I really don't think that we do. You know, the predominant stream of eschatology, and eschatology is just a five-cent word for study of end times, the predominant flow of the study of end times or the way people believed about the end times and how it would unfold, up until the 19th century, they believed that the church, that God would so use the church that the kingdom of God would flourish over the earth and that Jesus didn't have to come and clean up our mess, but that we changed the world and then set up His throne. That was the predominant stream of the study of end times. That's what they believed. And then in the 19th century, some little old girl had a dream that people were going to be caught off into heaven. And so everybody decided, well, we don't have to change the world. God's just going to come and jerk us out of here and then all hell will break loose and then God will have to come and clean up the mess. Now, I'm not here to change the way you believe about the end times, but I am here to tell you this. God is not just going to come to clean up a mess. He's coming for a church that is glorious, a church that is without spot, a church that is without blemish, a church that looks like Him. A church that is changing the world. A church that is making a difference. Not just a church that is sitting on their leaves that hasn't been poured from vessel to vessel. The Lord showed Jeremiah, Moab, and He said they've been settled on their leaves and they haven't been poured from vessel to vessel and their scent hasn't changed. They stink. Have you been changed? Is God changing you? Is He moving you in your life from one situation to another to where you can make a difference? Are you allowing Him to do that? Or is He just unfolding things in your life and you're just making it all stink? Where are you at? Where am I at? Is God able to use us? Or when we get involved in something, we just stink it up? We don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Look, if you will, in Hebrews. You know, when we pray about something, just like he was singing earlier. We don't have to wonder if God hears. We believe that He is. But we also believe He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Without faith it's impossible to please God because he that comes to God must believe that He is and, and what? That He is a rewarder. God's a giver. Don't ever think that God is trying to hold back from you what is a blessing in your life. Never think that. Whatever it is that you need God is a giver. Do you think that He's going to hold back a blessing from you? Mm-mm. God's a giver. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He is a giver. And wherever you're at in your life this morning, if you will really believe, if you will really accept the fact that God is working in your life, and you will unleash that faith that's within you that He put there that comes not only from the hearing of the Word, but it's a deposit that He's placed in you. And if you'll unleash it, and you won't lose your confidence... And you won't draw back, but you'll hold fast to your profession, your confession of faith, and you believe that God is a rewarder, that He is a giver, and that He's not going to hold anything back from you that's good. 
And it might take a few days, it might take a few years, it might take a little while, but you will receive. And God's not just some coat machine up there that we just put 50 cents in and just get what we want. I'm not saying that. God has a purpose in your life. There's things that happen in your life and they happen for a reason. But if you'll, if you'll open your eyes and say, God, show me what you're doing. Show me what you're working in my life. Then He will bless you. I want to ask you a question this morning. When you go to the doctor, do you really expect Him to do something for you or are you just going because it's the thing to do? When you take the prescription that He gives you to take, do you really think it's going to work? And if you don't, why are you taking it? I've, I've argued with people, and yes, I'll use the word argue. You know, there's, a, there's an art to argument. You learn it in school. It's called debating. And uh, I've debated, I'll use that word because it sounds better, with people about different things in, in the word. And one thing I cannot understand is why anybody would believe that God would withhold good from His children. I can't see it. I can't understand why they would see that. When Jesus Himself said that we have fathers on earth and if we come to Him and ask Him for bread, is He going to give us a stone? If we ask Him for one thing, is He going to give us something else? He said, no. He said, our Father, how much more then? How much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask? How much more? How much more? But we're... Part of our problem is we don't diligently seek Him. We're not trying to find where He's at in our life. What is the reason for all this, God? Where are you bringing... It's not wrong to ask God why if you're really wanting to know the reason. But if you're just wallowing around in self-pity, yes, it's wrong. But to find out, God, why is this happening to me? What are you trying to do in my life? Who are you trying to reach through this situation? There's people all around you that are watching you, wondering, how are you going to react to this circumstance? You claim to be a Christian. Are you walking like Christ? Are you reacting to your circumstances like Christ? When somebody puts you down, are you reacting and responding the way Christ would? Then if you do, then expect God to show forth His blessing, that He will do good to you. Because He is your Father. And He loves you. And He is a giver. He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. Chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 14, says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. That word profession is the same word in the Greek as confession. It means to say the same thing as. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Now, we have anybody that really... Just love math. Franklin's science, I think, weren't you? Okay. So, does anybody know, just really know math? If you've got two negatives, what happens? It's a positive. So let's read it this way. We have a high priest which can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And he is. Why? He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. When He was here, the weaknesses that you experienced, He was susceptible to. Did He give in to those weaknesses? No. But He was able. He was susceptible. Some people say, well, Jesus couldn't have sinned. Well, if you can't have done something, you can't be tempted by it. That's stupid. It's ignorant. It's foolish. And it makes the Word of God of no effect to, to even say such a thing. He could have, but He didn't. That's what gives me hope that I can overcome. Why? Because He was susceptible to the very same things and He overcame. And He is in me. 
The very thing that made him an overcomer, he placed and deposited in you that was placed in you. That very thing was placed on the inside of you to make you an overcomer in this life, not just in the world to come, in this life. If you'll read the book of Revelation up to chapter 4, he's writing to the churches and he says this, to the one that overcomes, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes. He's not just talking about those, to him that dies and comes to heaven, to him that dies and comes to heaven, to him that overcomes, I will give. And one of those things is to sit with me on my throne. Think about it. The Bible already says we're seated with him in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. Now that's where we are spiritually. But is that where we are in our walk, in our daily walk, in our experience? It's one thing to be there spiritually speaking. It's one thing for God to see us as that. It's another thing for the world to see that. What God sees in you is not what the world sees in you all the time, though it should be. Though it should be. And it's not God's view of you that changes things in this world. It's what the world views in you that changes things. If Christ is in you, God knows it, you know it. But does anybody else? That's what's going to change things. It's when the world is able to see Christ in you. And they're able to see a difference in your life. They're able to look at you and they know there's something different. There's something alive in you. You're not just a dead person walking around. You're alive. And there's love in you because God is love. That's what makes a difference. So let us come boldly, verse 16, to the throne of God, to the throne of grace, not the throne of judgment, the throne of grace, the Bama seat, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know where you are this morning, but God is here for you. He's here with His mercy. He's here with His arms wide open for you. And you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till you die. You don't have to wait. He is here. He is and He is a rewarder. He is here for you. He is here for you. Just as surely as when you go into the operating room and you're expecting that doctor to know what he's doing and you're expecting to come out of there and to live, God is a rewarder. And when you come to Him, He's not going to give you a stone when you ask Him for bread. He's a giver and He loves you. And He's wanting to pour forth His blessings in your life. Not just so that you can hoard them up and say, look at me, look at the blessings I've got, but that you can be a giver and you can take on His nature and you can help somebody else and you can show them through your testimony, which has changed. See, if your testimony is the same as it was 20 years ago, something's wrong. You know, most people say, well, give up, stand up and give your testimony, brother. And all people want to do is talk about how they were born again. I don't want to know what happened yesterday. I want to know what God is doing in your life right now. And if He's not doing anything, it's not His fault. Whose is it? It's ours. If your testimony hasn't changed. There's some people who have been born again for 50 years and they're still the same old hateful thing they were 50 years ago. Something's wrong. If I haven't changed, if, if you don't change, you die. And there's a lot of dead Christians walking around that need to be revived. How do you get revived? Well, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift which is in you. You stir it up. You fan the flame. You don't have to wait for somebody else to. You don't have to have somebody else to holler at you and scream at you and get you all fired up. You are to fan the flame yourself. That's what praise and worship is for. That's what those hymns that you were singing this morning is for. That's what when you get up in the morning, you got that little quiet time if you have one. You're like me, you might get up late and have to run off to work, but you should have a time somewhere in your life that you can spend a little time with God and fan that flame within you that causes you to be a light in this dark world. Fan that flame. Ignite the passion within you for Christ and for the world. 
Jesus was full of love and compassion. It says any time that he moved, that, that he saw somebody in need of healing or he saw a, a multitude of people that were hungry, it says he was moved with compassion. And how much compassion do we have? When people come to us, do we give them a stone when they're asking for bread? When somebody asks us for help, do we just laugh at them and say, I don't have anything to give you? Well, maybe we don't, but we could at least do like Peter and John did. And when we see somebody and they do ask for something, well, silver and gold I don't have, but I will give you what I do have. And we'll pray for them. And it won't just be a dead prayer. It'll be a prayer that's full of life, full of faith, and with an expected outcome. We've been put here for Christ to be formed in us. Paul told the Galatian church, I travail in birth until Christ is formed in you. And he was talking to people who were Christians. And he said, I travail until Christ be fully formed in you, to be fashioned in you, until people can look at you and they can see Jesus. This morning, I don't, this message may not have even touched you. I don't know. I believe it was a now word. I believe it was present. But uh, you have to search your own heart. That's not for me to do. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com, and please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org, or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.